You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome once again to the Annie. Ne- I mean, the Oz Network, as we continue on our coverage of Nip Tuck season two. We're into obviously the jokes are already falling flat already. Uh, we're into the twelfth episode. Yes, what an episode this is! I absolutely love the shit out of this episode. It's called Julia McNamara. Uh, aired on September the 7th, 2004. It was uh, directed by Michael M. Robin and written by uh, Mr. Ryan Murphy and Brad Fulchuk. So, uh, obviously, uh, the, the big wigs were getting involved in this episode. So much fun we're going to have in this episode. I can tell. And let me first off start by saying my quote when I can find the funny one that I wrote down and it follows with, if every girl... Oh, sorry, let me just try that again. My name is Ben. And if every girl I met based her decision to sleep with me or not on my reputation, they would be scared off and I'd be doing the five-finger knuckle shuffle every night. Yet we all know that is really the case. <laughs> and I'm Nick, and you're the reason I got the implants. <laughs> You know, if we were any sort of professional podcast, we would have edited that out so nobody ever knew that uh, I fucked up. If I had a dollar for every time you said that, I'd be able to start my own podcast. Well, then you should, Nick. I mean, it's not like nobody else is going off starting podcasts with the word Oz in it. I mean, every second podcast at the moment has got the word Oz in it. Fucking Know It Oz, Oz Survivor, fucking Oz Delicious The Block. I don't know. Like, go seriously, type Oz in iTunes. Everything's got Oz in it now. We started a trend. So you go off and make your money, Nick. Go on, do it. You'd be the first podcast to stab me in the back and start their own successful podcast. <sighs> you know I'm way too late. I couldn't be bothered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I have a lot of bent-up frustration at scenes when stuff gets mentioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Hashtag reasons why Ben is single. Hashtag reasons why Ben's podcasts suck. All right. Uh, this is a great episode uh, of Nip Tuck. Probably not the Oz Network. We'll find out in about 45 minutes' time. Uh, and we don't generally start off with kind of initial thoughts. We, we sort of do. But, I mean, you, you sort of loosely touched on at the end of last episode that... Uh, you might be a little bit indifferent on this one, but, uh, you know, I don't know if you really want to mention anything before we get straight into this episode. Um, I mean, I, uh, to me, I guess um, the, the bigger question is, do we need this episode? Um, you know, like it's a fun diversion um, because it's all kind of silliness in this episode. Um, and, and, you know, like, could we have told the whole thing about Julia, you know, like kind of moving on from what's happened? Um, you know, with the the whole Matt parentage thing, could we have told that in a different way that kind of progressed the story? Because basically, we just we park everything else that's happening, and it's all about Julia for an episode, and um, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, so, uh, you know, like totally, I, I know you said at the end of the last episode that this is already a buy for you before we even start, and I'm, I'm totally open um, in terms of where my rating's going here. So, if you can do a good job of convincing me, I, I could be on board. But I could, this could also easily be my first bin. So, I, I, I kind of don't know where I'm going to go with this one. So, it's just it's going to be a fun chat, I think. I feel like I'm like uh, in the final two of Survivor here, and I've got a jury member who's like, oh, I don't know who I'm going to vote for, which is bullshit. Yeah. Yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I definitely can see that argument. I, I can 100% see it. But at the same time, I guess I, I'm a fan of when a TV show does like one of these, you know, what if scenarios or kind of, um, you know, an alternate universe. What would have happened if this happened or a flashback episode? And I think we get 
like Nip Tuck, I think we, from memory, we get three sort of episodes like this. We get this one, which is kind of the alternate universe episode. We definitely get a flash forward episode, and then we get a flashback episode. Uh, again, I might be missing some others around there, but I'm pretty sure I'm thinking there's only three. And I think Nip Tuck does them so well. This is the beautiful mind of Mr. Ryan Murphy that he can explore this. Um, I mean, he did. Uh, again, I always seem to reference popular, but I mean, in all seriousness, like around this point with Nip Tuck, really the only show Ryan Murphy had done at this point was popular. So it kind of is in context, you know, good to compare the two. And there was a great episode of popular around uh, one of the characters in that Nicole, who was like just this bitch cheerleader. She was an amazing character. And she kind of had one of those, uh, like the... Um, Christmas Carol episode, you know, where you have the ghosts of the Christmas past, present, and future come along and kind of show what things would be a certain way. It's a fun episode, and I just I just love this, because I, I think it's kind of, it is that question that a lot of fans of Nip Tuck would be thinking. It's like, well, what would have happened if Julia had have ended up with Christian? And I think kind of a lot of that plays on this, because, you know, obviously with the whole storyline around Matt and everything that's happened. And plus, we also get a whole fuckload of Ava in this episode. So, um... <laughs> I mean, look, Nick, cro- check off the Ben checklist in this episode. Ava, Annie. Uh, <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot of Annie though, because Annie's Annie's unborn and and one of the storylines. So um, there's not a not a heap of Annie, and Annie is. Um, um, I think I could be wrong here, but I think Annie is um, conspicuously absent in a key scene, which which we'll get to. <laughs> <laughs> there's a, I mean, there's a few things in this episode that definitely don't make sense uh, on this alternate storyline. But uh, look, yeah, uh, five seconds of Annie is better than no Annie, though, Nick. Come on. Uh- <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. Anyway, so uh, we start off with uh, Julia. She's obviously gone through the glass window, if you missed last week, or just a refresher previously, a nip-tuck. Julia fell through a window. So here she is. She's sitting in the office with Sean and Christian. Her face is all covered in red scratches. And we learn that, uh, obviously, she's been to the emergency room. She nearly sliced her uh, her artery open and nearly died. And we get all these questions like, did Annie find you? Who did this? Who did that? You know, she's like, I've got all the questions at the emergency room. Um, and basically, she wants Sean to do the surgery. And uh, Sean's basically like, nope, I'm not doing it. And, uh, you know, she's blaming him. You're the reason why I'm here. And she's basically saying, you know, uh, he's... Don't, don't blame me, all this sort of stuff. Take responsibility for your mistakes. And that line that he says, like, I, the only thing I see you now is I only see ugliness, which is kind of like, whoa, okay. I, I think there's fucking fantastic acting in this episode. And, I mean, this is this is not just because it's called Julia McNamara, but Jolly Richardson shines in this episode as well. We've kind of been critical, hit and miss with a lot of her stuff, but I think this is by far her, her best episode. It might be her best episode of the entire series. We'll, we'll work that out. Um, but obviously I love the line then when sort of Sean walks out and then Christian's just like, guess I'm runner up in everything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's quite good. Yeah. He's, he, he does a, does a, um, poor Christian moment for, you know, just, just a split second there, which is kind of, kind of hilarious really. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I move straight into the first Ava scene, but I don't know if you really want to add anything on this kind of opening sequence. No, I think it's probably just more set up than anything. Um, yeah, we probably touched on those key the key kind of moments and lines that, that are really important going forwards. And yeah, I mean, in terms of just what you're saying around Julia, I think um, I would agree in most of this episode, I think there's a couple of points where I'm going to, um, going to critique it a little bit, but I think generally speaking, it's, it's probably, yeah, it, it's up there with some of my favorite Julia stuff. 
which is again like we were always talking up Sean and Christian moments, but uh, it's kind of we're always very hit and miss on um on on Julia. But yeah, I, I, I find very few bits in this episode that you can really criticise Jolie Richardson for acting. I think it's great. And speaking of great, uh, after the credits, who do we get? We get Ava. Um, I mean, God, she can just creepily knock on my windows any day of the week. Uh, <laughs> here she comes, and of course, you know, you got to remember the last time that these two spoke. You know, uh, what, she's, Julie's throwing her out of her house, calling her, you know, like a predator and all this sort of stuff. I got an alarm to keep people like you out, like, you know, your favourite line of this show. Um, but Ava's back basically offering her services free of charge because she's found out that she's fallen on hard times. And obviously through this, we find that her and Matt are still together. Matt's obviously upset that her mum's upset. His mum's upset. So that's why, uh, that she's there. What does Ava say? Like, you know, anyone I love who's in pain, I want to be able to, uh, help and we get some great lines from uh, Julia say what does she say about like oh why don't you go help somebody's child you haven't molested or something like that um, <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, calling her a vulture um, and then you know I mean Ava has some great lines there you know we can't heal until you've hit rock bottom um, and all this kind of stuff it's, it's, it's very interesting because I mean Obviously, Ava is doing this for no other reason for the fact that she's clearly in love with Matt and that she wants to help Matt out. And it's interesting to kind of get this scene from Ava, isn't it, that, you know, generally after what we've seen of Ava, kind of we go down a certain path of her storyline and it's, there's not a whole lot of compassion there because she's just this great villainous character. But, I mean, this is genuinely care, I guess you would say, from Ava. And, I mean... I would argue the only reason why this comes into it is to remind our viewers that Ava is a thing so that when we get into this alternate universe, her character plays a part in it. But I I still think it's kind of an interesting sequence with Ava given that, yeah, we really don't get a whole lot of compassion from her from this point on. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things that's a bit of a turning point for her, really. Um, and like you say, I mean, she's in it because, you know, she wants to help Matt out. She doesn't really have an interest in, in helping Julia out at all. Um yeah, and I, I think this is you know, some of the best work that you're kind of getting from um, Famic Jansen is, is kind of in these close scenes where, you know, she's really, I think probably the problem with her is that it, it can get a little bit like she's a little bit kind of just snarky and annoying and it, it, it could get there. You know, I don't think it generally does, but I can kind of see how, I think she does a really good job of, of kind of, you can see why Julia, Sean and, and Christian get a bit annoyed with her, you know, that it's, it, it's more than just the whole Matt thing. It's just her, her kind of tone and attitude is a little bit kind of annoying, um, especially if, you know, you feel like you're the adult in the room and she's just kind of prickling you. I think she does a really good job of that. And it's kind of like that whole kind of smirky look on her face as well. I think it, it's all just it's acted so well. No one has ever uttered those phrases ever, Nick, that she's annoying. Fuck you. Uh, it's Fam K. Jansen. <laughs> she could literally knock on my door right now and be a fucking Jehovah's Witness and I would let her in and listen to everything that she says. Uh, no well, disrespect to our out, Jehovah's Witnesses. Uh, <laughs> but... Well, you just stand outside her, her uh, window and masturbate. <laughs> yeah. How did you know what I did last Saturday night? Um, <laughs> la- last week we seemed to make jokes about what all these other things and this week we're already on to Jehovah's Witnesses. So eh, they don't have souls. They're fine. Um, so we then cut... Wow, that was mean. Uh, we then cut to... Uh, surgery, we get a random surgery scene of somebody's lips. Um, to the very appropriate, uh, our lips are sealed. Uh, I mean, what else could you have? Uh, the Go-Go's classic song. Not Sadly, not the Hillary and Hayley Duff cover that they probably did around 2004. I know you're a huge Hillary and Hayley Duff fan, Nick. I'm sure that's uh, on your iPod. 
Um, yeah, totally. But um, it, it's kind of obviously this scene is uh, setting up the fact that it's a botch surgery, so they're there to fix up the surgery, and uh, they're obviously going on about uh, how thirty uh, percent of their surgeries generally are to fix other surgeons. Botch jobs. It's down to twenty percent now that Bobblet's left. There's a random Bobblet mention. Remember him, um, our good friend Joey Slotnick, of course, being on the Oz Network. Uh, download that now. Um, and then, kind of, it all obviously comes down to the fact that Christian is telling Sean, "Oh, it was Doctor Copley or whatever it was who fucked this up. Who's going to be the surgeon that's going to fix Julia?" Given that Sean has refused it, and obviously this is going to allow Sean to, oh no, he can't, she can't fuck up Julia. I'm going to have to go save the day. But I mean, it's clever by Christian, of course it is, because we get Liz basically saying it was some slimeball in Jacksonville who did this. All the slimeballs live in Jacksonville. I've never been to Jacksonville, but um, that's what I've heard from the people I know in Florida. I really don't know <laughs> if that's true or not. I have no idea anything about Jacksonville. All right, I've been to like Orlando and Miami, the two most you know, common places in Florida, so don't judge me. I went to Melbourne, but that was... Anyway, whatever. Stop getting sidetracked, Ben. This scene is interesting. Our lips are sealed. Uh, more face surgery. Yeah, that's it's it's setting stuff up for the episode. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, it's um, there's not a whole lot there, really, um, other than, you know, Sean's stupid enough to fall for this. It seems like the most, <laughs> um, the, the most obvious, uh, <laughs> you know, um, ploy in the book, but yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's literally all we can say about that. That is the one time, Ben, you don't really need to go quiet and let Nick speak because there really isn't a whole lot to go on based on that scene. Good job, Ben. Good podcasting. Well done. Um, but I'm just getting to the fact that Annie's here again. Yay! <laughs> They're all. I thought. I honestly thought they were eating dinner, and it kind of took me a while to think, like, why the fuck are they eating breakfast cereal for dinner? And then I yeah. realised, it's like, oh no, wait, it's breakfast. Um, yeah, yeah. So this is obviously the day of, of uh, Julia's surgery. Uh, so we've got Matt and uh, Annie at the table with Julia. And what does Annie say? Like, you don't look like my mum anymore. It's like, oh, that's because you don't know what your mum looks like because she's never around. Uh- <laughs> they always they always talk to Annie like she's slightly um, educationally subnormal, I suppose, is the, <laughs> the term to use. Like, you know, they always talk to her like she's four or, you know, whatever. And she's, you know, a kid that's at school and stuff. Um, you know, they always call it honey, and like they all like even her brother calls that, which I find a bit strange. Well, what does uh, what does Sean say when they walks in? Like, hey, baby, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, he's like James, he's like James Clement, yeah, <laughs> exactly, banana etiquette and everything going on there at the table. Um, but anyway, so uh, after that, you know, a bit of a you know harsh line there by poor little Annie, but again, you know, I'm I'm on her side because again, you doesn't know what her parents look like. Uh, Sean comes in and uh, basically says to Julia, hey, I'm doing your surgery, so, um, you know, come on in. And what, what's the line he says? Like, usually my patients don't cry before the surgery, it's afterwards. He's like, oh, I'm not your patient. It's like, yes, you are. Um, you know, oh, how sweet. Uh, and they have an opening in their schedule. Again, let's go back to that very first episode when they're, like, booked up for, like, six months, and yet all of a sudden, oh, fuck, we've just kicked out, you know, Mrs. Bridget because her boobs can't get fixed because my wife needs a face fix. <laughs> yeah, well, it's, um, uh, they've also got the world's worst receptionist, don't forget. Yeah. So she's probably just, like, you know, completely... She's probably double-booked them for the afternoon, so they have to do two surgeries <laughs> together in the afternoon. Yep. Uh, so Julia's on the table. Um, she's uh, getting ready. Um, and what does she say about what? Is, what is it? Sean says like, "Oh, maybe I can smooth your lines out." 
uh, which is a bit mean. Um, but then she's like, no, I, I like them. You know, between the two of you, I've earned them. Um, and we're getting ready for her to get knocked out. And of course, just again, I'm no doctor. Thank the Lord for that. Because if I was a doctor, there'd be a lot of dead people out there probably. But like when she says like, oh, while I'm under, can you take my breast implants out? Like, again, is that possible? Like they're prepping for a face surgery. Can they just all of a sudden be like, oh yeah, two hours worth of anesthesia can also last while we rip some implants out of your boobs. Like, is it is that logical, Nick? I don't know. You're more yeah, smarter no, I, than I am. No, I definitely thought the same thing. And I thought um, it would have been nice to give them slightly more warning than like literally as they're about to put her under. <laughs> um, because they, you know, they might need to actually have like, di- like a different gown on her or... <laughs> you know, like a different kind of setup of the actual operating table or whatever. Um, yeah, so I think this is a bit of a creative license that, you know, if this was a real life, this actually wouldn't happen. Yeah. Um, yeah, I did think exactly the same thing. It's, yeah, it's, it's very interesting. But uh, anyway, she gets uh, taken out. Then we kind of get to the, the crux of this episode. Julia is uh, now in hallucination land. Uh, we meet, uh, I guess, Eva, evil, evil, what is she, like her fairy godmother or, you know, just basically the the person that's going to take her through this alternate reality where this is what would have happened, supposedly, had she not left the bed of Christian that night, ended up with Christian and not ended up with Sean. Because straight away when she kind of wakes up in this fantasy world, she's on this bed, she's like, hey, I recognize this bed. Um, and, you know, oh, it's Christian's college bed. Like, who remembers a bed from, like, 17 years ago? I mean, it must have been a pretty bloody good bed. I suppose if that's where um, where Matt got conceived, you might remember it. <laughs> well, sure. Uh, all the children I've conceived, I remember every single bed that I've uh, yeah. ever conceived a child on. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is a pretty fugly bed, let's be honest. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but um, we, yeah, we just get this setup sequence and Ava's kind of there to explain what's uh, going on. And uh, in this alternate reality, so Julia is married to Christian. Uh, they're both successful surgeons, a lot more successful than Sean and Christian are. They're earning, what, $2 million a year, as opposed to, what What did we say a few episodes ago, that they were, like, on, like, two-point-something million dollars combined or something like that? No, it was $1.6 million or something like that. It was less. Um, but, yeah, so we kind of get into this alternate reality. We straight away see Suzanne. She's back, our favourite. Um, she wants her boobs done. Uh, what is... And, like, it's weird how, like, this flash side flash is kind of working how like how are they watching this because it's just like julia and ava they're just watching this on a tv or something like that the way they're kind of like talking about it again ben, it's it's a, a, like ha- happening like conceptually in their heads i guess yeah. or in her head it's a it's um, an alternate reality but i shouldn't read too much into it <laughs> yeah yeah but uh yeah so I, I like that line that uh julia says when she says you're a bitch in every universe you would have it <laughs> But obviously, like, uh, in this reality, she doesn't know Suzanne because, as uh, Ava says, our daughters never went to school together. Uh, We see Christian and and Julia. They do all their surgeries together. Um, You know, Suzanne's crying. Um, And then we obviously get this... uh, I love the scene where they kind of cut back to Julia. They're playing chess. And she's like, I'm successful and he loves me. And they're just, like, drinking and playing chess. And then Ava goes, checkmate. Uh, I mean... I'll kind of jump around here with some of the stuff because, I mean, I guess we can lump a few of these together. We obviously get the dinner scene in their massive mansion, which, you know, of course, if you have a table that big, as always is a cliche, you're going to both eat at the opposite ends of the table. 
<laughs> why not? Yeah, I mean, th- this is probably where I start to have a few little concerns with like the way she's got that whole line about oh, I'm successful and he loves me. Like, it just it feels a bit weird to me. Like it just doesn't like, and it's hard because you, you're talking about like <laughs> you, this is an alternate reality. Like, how would you react if you were seeing this? It's like it's kind of like a pointless conversation to have because it's never going to happen. But yeah, it just doesn't. It feels like she's just overacting a little bit. Um, so yeah, I. I I don't absolutely love those scenes, I have to say. I do. I mean, it's just, I just think they're fun. And that's kind of just what this episode, a lot of it is. And it's just, I like, as I said, I like these kind of types of episodes. And I just love how, like, Ava's taking her through it. And then just, like, the way she's reacting to it. So, I don't know. I, I just think it kind of, it works. Um, but, yeah, we we just kind of random chit-chat between Christian and Julia. Like, you can imagine this would be what their married life would be. Like, what is it like? Oh, we're going to chair the Philharmonic, you know, next month. I couldn't give a shit. Uh, and then just the way, like, he's like, oh, I booked Mykonos for August. She's like, great. <laughs> like, it's just, they're so bored of their, like, completely rich, amazing life. Um, and then we obviously find out that uh, Julia uh, can't have children, so she has to keep going to see a fertilization expert. And in this universe, it's Liz. Of course it is. Um, and we find out that in this universe, so Liz is happy. She's had two kids. Uh, she made the time, you know, because she did and Julia obviously hasn't. Uh, we also learn that uh, they don't want to adopt because Christian, obviously, with his adoption, so it's important for Christian to have his, a biological uh, child. And then somehow uh, Julia gets a phone call and can be prepped in like an hour for surgery or something like that. So in this alternative universe as well, surgeons can just get called and I don't know how far away she is from the, uh, you know, the Troy Troy office. But, um, I mean, it's, I just, I like these kind of, you know, flash sideways, forwards, backwards when we meet kind of characters in alternate universes. And, like, I mean, there are some very questionable ones in this. And there's one I think you and I both have kind of touched on before that it's like, okay, how the fuck is that possible? Um, but, like, yeah, Liz, you know, it's good to see Liz having a happy life, I guess, in this alternate universe. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I think it's, I, I mean, I don't get too worried about, um, you know, some of the impossibilities of this. I, to me, that's not really where I have the issues. It's the, I, I guess I struggle a little bit with the, like, I th- well, I think um, Julie McMahon does a good job of being this, you know, as Ava says, this kind of pussy whip version of himself. Um, it is kind of just jarring to see him in that slightly different role. Um, and I'm not sure that I I really love that. Um, I think it's it's more fun as it goes along. Um, but yeah, and I'm, and I mean, I really do enjoy the kind of stuff with Liz. I think that that's, that's really cool. And this whole idea that she's got kids and yeah, I think that that's really cool. Um, there's one scene here. I think we're kind of, we're, we're there or thereabouts. So we can probably talk about it, which is where, you know, she walks into the office and, and her mother is now this, um, you know, as the receptionist who's getting her the coffee and, you know, all that kind of shit. And I think that that's, that's too much because I think, you know, this reality, her mother wouldn't suddenly become this kind of complete servant to her I, I, I don't ever get the sense that the character they've built up as Erica is ever going to you know she's still going to be focused on her um, and so I, it's stuff like that that annoys me and it's all just a little stuff that actually isn't really key to the to the episode but that that's the kind of thing that annoys me I guess I, th- I think that comes down to though being that it's in Julia's head that that is her fantasy that like I, I, I kind of get what you're saying but like in this fantasy world she doesn't like her mum so she wants her mum to be at the bottom of the totem pole which I mean yeah. but at the same time you could then argue given it's her fantasy why the hell in her head is she creating this so-called fantasy where her life really isn't that much better uh, 
you know, if she marries Christian. So I, I kind of see that, but I, yeah, I, I don't know. Like, it doesn't bother me as much. I can see why it is a bad thing at the same time as it being, you know, like this side of it. But, um, yeah, it's, it's just kind of like random, like, you know, let's throw her in this as, as a, uh, a, I mean, look, let's be honest. She's not as an inept as the actual, uh, receptionist in real world, Nip Tuck. <laughs> yeah. And one of the other things, of course, we've got to love the uh, the fact that uh, the intern in the in the office is Jude. Oh, to, you jumped to ahead to my spoiler bit there. I was going to say that's the reason why you don't you feel a bit weird about this episode because your bestie's back. That's <laughs> <laughs> what this is. What's quite funny about this episode is that you you get these kind of little cameos that you'd forgotten about. Um, the Megan one's quite nice, and and this Jude one's like, oh god, I, I managed to forget about this douchebag, and here he is, he's back. <laughs> I just yeah, it's, it's completely random, and obviously it's kind of like playing again into her fantasies, I guess, isn't it? That um, you know she clearly wanted to fuck the living shit out of the fucking little shit, um, but then like in this fantasy land in her head, she has Jude that they're clearly boning each other behind the the scenes, and it's kind of it's interesting. I find though with like Julia and Christian as married, it's like you know, like I know I'm jumping ahead, well, it's sort of jumping ahead. I mean, we'll kind of combine it. The fact that when he's she's about to walk in on him having sex with Kimba, it's kind of you thinking like, oh, he's cheating on her, but clearly this is just their lifestyle. Because you can imagine Christian in an actual relationship would want it to be open like that. You know what I mean? Um, but like just this Jude scene. First of all, I'm sure you noticed the white scrubs, as you always notice yeah, your, cool. your yep. coloured scrubs. Yep. Um, <laughs> just like the, what does he say? Like, oh, I need to find someone my own age anyway, which is going against his character as all. Well. Like, clearly his whole character is into the MILF character. But then what does he say? Like, when she's like, oh, I need to end this. I'm trying to get pregnant. Oh, but toddlers are the hottest new accessory. <laughs> like, what? Yeah. 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 <laughs> They're not a fucking chihuahua you put in your handbag. <laughs> well, I guess that's the thing. It's like, you know, they want it because they kind of want everything. They don't want to be denied something. True. And, you know, the whole thing is that she can't do that. Um, yeah, I think it's it's funny. And you know, just my thing going back to Julia, I like that in her fantasy, um, he still has the English accent, even though we yeah. know that it's not actually English. Well, I'm pretty like, he comes back, doesn't he? At some yeah, point. I think so. But yeah, does he, he does. have the English yeah. accent or does he have the American <laughs> accent? I can't remember, and and boy, I can't wait to find out. <laughs> That's the burning nipped up question on yes. the Oz Network. Does he still yeah. have an English accent? Coming soon. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, this scene, they're, they're actually operating on Suzanne here, and it doesn't really look like her when you look in the face, and you find out it obviously is her, but Suzanne dies. Uh, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Don't yeah, get too attached to her in the fantasy world. <laughs> Again, yeah. playing into Julie's fantasies, clearly she wants Suzanne to die. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, it's yeah. It's it's kind of interesting how you can analyze this episode because you can definitely see that in her fantasy head, she hates Suzanne. She wants her to die. She hates her mum. She works below her. She's always wanted to fuck Jude. So Jude's there. Um, so it, it it is kind of interesting, which I think does make it more of a, a fun episode. To kind of you can analyze these certain things. And it makes it fun for these random little cameos, I guess. Um, yeah. But anyway, so we're back to the mansion. We get some more fantastic music going on. Uh, I don't. What, what is this song? Um, it's an eighty song. I'm trying to find what it actually is. This this episode. Can I just point out the music in this episode is amazing. Just yeah, yeah, well, there's absolutely one, there's, amazing. Yeah. Yeah, and there's there's one scene coming up where I think the music is fantastic. I'd this argue there's a, two. Um, there's two key bits in this whole episode where the music is perfect. Yeah, yeah. Um, I like that. So are we still on the book we're talking about where Kimber's on the pole. Oh, and, and Promises, like, Promises by Naked Eyes. There it is. Never mind. Yeah. And and, and uh, she wants Julia to watch. Yeah. <laughs> 
totally weird. It's it's kind of interesting. Is this again Julia's fantasy that she wants to like watch Kimber getting fucked by Christian? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> We're learning a lot about Julia in this episode. I mean, she does like. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. It's a big spoiler. I won't say that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of... The thing that you obviously notice a lot about Nip Tuck with the music is the 80s. And, again, it's, you know, it's Florida. It's Miami. You, you and I have talked about this before, how we kind of associate Miami with the 80s, having, you know, played Vice City and all kind of things like that. But, uh, you know, I mean, they live in this oversized mansion. They're doing cocaine. They're listening to 80s music. Uh, I mean, it's just so exorbitant, but it's great. And it's just kind of like you see, like, her walking in, Here's Christian, like, having sex with another woman, and you don't know it's Kimber at the time, and you're kind of thinking, oh, great, you know, they're both cheating on each other, but clearly this is an arrangement because Julie's like, what? Oh, I thought we are having a brunette tonight. <laughs> Which is yeah, that's right, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, that's a marriage I want. <laughs> Again, hashtag reasons why Ben is single. Um, <laughs> but we, just, we basically learn at this point that Christian's bored of his business. They make so much money, uh, and it's kind of like, hey, let's hire another doctor. Uh, and, of course, we all know who this is going to be. We obviously both know who it's going to be when even Ava says it. Like, Juliet, you know who this is going to be. Um, yeah. I mean, look, I, I'm kind of blushed over. We've talked about Kimber watching scene. What do you think about uh, Kimber with a China doll wig? <laughs> Just random question for you, Nick. The burning questions on the Oz Network. The, the, did I like it? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it was, uh, yeah, it's, it's different, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. There you go. Big question. The one bit, just before we, we obviously meet Sean, cause you know, we then cut back to Troy, Troy, as we see. Um, yeah, it wouldn't be called that surely. They wouldn't, they would just call it like Troy. Yeah. Troy. Yeah. They wouldn't call it Troy, Troy. Troy, Troy. It just, yeah, it sounds a bit weird. Like Troy, Troy, this is yeah. Christian Troy. <laughs> yeah. And like, do they argue over who's Troy is first? Like, no, I'm the first Troy. Yeah, exactly. No, I'm the first Troy. Yeah. Um, the, I, I know you kind of obviously touched on her mum being in the system, but I do like the, the line when Julia says, um, get it straight or go back to herbal life. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Do you have herbal life in New Zealand? Um, I, I don't know, but I mean, I know what it is, but oh, yeah. Okay. I'm not sure I see it around a whole lot. No, yeah, it's it's here. Unfortunately, but uh, hello to all our Herbal Life users. It's a great product. Please sponsor the Oz Network. Um, but Sean's in the office, um, and they're there and they're having a conversation. And you can see sort of Sean and Julia are flirting. Um, you know, you look great. You look great. And I love Christian. I look great too. <laughs> <laughs> I just love it. Like Christian's forget- forgettable moments, like when he gets forgotten about, like as we said obviously earlier on in this episode, like looks like I'm second best again or whatever it was. Yeah. <laughs> just that line, I look great too. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, we learn about Sean, obviously. Uh, he's uh, been working for Doctors Without Borders um, and he must have previously been based in Fort Lauderdale. I'm assuming he did plastic surgery because we kind of hear later on when he's talking about trying to get back into it about, you know, he doesn't like how it's turned. So I'm assuming when he was working there in Fort Lauderdale, he must have been doing that. Um, and I love just, like, really dick Christian when he's like, oh, you're one of those ones who fix cleft pallets and shit for free. <laughs> Just, you know, being a bit of a dick. Um, yeah, it is. It's kind of like, it's it's um, it's, uh, it's kind of like a humble brag, but not really, if you know what I mean. It's yeah. kind of like, oh, yeah, you're doing amazing stuff, but it's shit. You know, like just the way he says it, it's, yeah, it's perfect Christian, actually. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, the one thing that's sort of interesting about this whole episode is just in this alternate universe, how you never really get 
like obviously you're getting sort of the whole Julia and Sean stuff, but you never really get like how Christian and Sean, like clearly in this universe, they haven't spoken in 15 years, but it's just kind of like how, like, again, like you pointed out beautifully when we first started doing, you know, this recap is just that this whole series, you could argue is the long, you know, heterosexual love story between Christian and Sean. But in this universe, they just don't give a shit about each other. It's just kind of like, eh, you know, cool. There he is. Awesome. Um, which is, which is kind of interesting, but, um, we obviously uh, learn about that he's married in this world, uh, you know, would love to meet her, so they end up going around to uh, the house. Now, this is, as much as I love this episode, there are, like, two questionable things to me in this whole episode. And again, this is probably going back to when you said, like, you can probably give it a bit of a pass and that sort of stuff, but we um, we meet Megan. M- Megan, 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 whatever. She's obviously, you know, in this universe, she's married to Sean. Um, they're in a pottery barn catalogue, as they basically say. Yeah, yeah I like that. I, yeah. I like that line. Um, but my, my questions in this whole sequence, in this whole dinner table scene, is actually there's three that I might argue. How does Julia know what Megan looks like? She's never met her. I guess maybe she might have seen a photo at the funeral, perhaps, you would argue. But it's kind of in this fantasy world, she knows what she looks like perfectly. Um, I guess in this fantasy world, she doesn't get cancer. Uh, I don't understand how her cancer goes away in this alternate universe if she meets Sean or marries him or not. Again, I'm just reading too much into it. And surely the biggest question mark here is, is how the fuck is Matt still Sean's son when we know that Matt has no biological connection to Sean at all? They should, If they have a son, he should not look anything like Matt at all. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that doesn't really bother me. Um, I think it's just a bit of a kind of narrative crutch to, to get you through the story. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's not something that bothers me. I think what bothers me more about the Matt stuff is that, um, you know, I think Ryan Murphy and the writers team are way better than making him like the quintessential nerd with glasses and a pocket protector. Like, <laughs> you know, they, I think they could have just they could have done that character a little bit better without having to be absolutely blatantly in your face that he's a nerd. You know, like it, it's just yeah, like it, oh, I just watch it and it just makes me cringe. I, I don't, I don't buy it at all. That he's <laughs> it's, it's kind of like it is interesting. Uh, and what does he say? Like, hey, Christian, you want to see my bug collection? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's too much. Yeah, it's 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 interesting, but um, I like it when he's like talking about like he's on like what the mathletes or the geek cathalon team or whatever it is, um, and then obviously uh, when uh, he Matt takes off, uh, Matt goes off to show his bug collection. What does what does Christian say to Julia at one point? Why don't you just climb under the table and give him a blowjob or something like that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's funny. Yeah, because they're like flirting with each other, and then basically this is Julia offering. Um, Sean a job to kind of come work with him at the practice. Uh, we find out Megan's pregnant uh, with a daughter. It's going to be called Annie after her grandmother, uh, his grandmother. Uh, and this is where Sean says, like, I'm not too sure about the direction that cosmetic surgery is taking place. And essentially, it, it just comes down to uh, Julia says, like, well, come and work for us for a week. If you like it, you can say. If not, you can do whatever. And Megan's obviously very rich in this world, so she's supporting Sean. Because uh, he's off doing, you know, the whole borders without doctors without borders. Um, so yeah, I mean, again, we've kind of covered this. I think you kind of said your piece. Unless there's anything else dying you want to add on this scene. Um, I think probably just just um, take a moment to stop down and, and say how cool it is to actually see the Megan character back. Yeah. You know, it's it's yeah. nice that you kind of get that character back just for an episode, and you know, it's in kind of like a happy and nice way. I, I you know, I really like that, and that's kind of what I like about this episode is that you do get these little cameos um, from characters that you know we never expected to see again, especially her because she's dead. 
Um, so you know, it is interesting to kind of kind of have her back. I, I really like that. And speaking of cameos, we get Mrs. Grubman. She's back. You um, forgot that you forgot the um, the Annie sighting. It's uh, you have to look pretty hard. But, oh, is there um, an Annie sighting? Is there what? Well, no, there's not. Well, not an Annie sighting, but an Annie reference. Oh, the, the about the calling her after my grandmother. Yeah, I said that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, you know, I just like to make sure we double check these things. Right. Okay. <laughs> you just wanted to relive that fantastic moment. Okay. Cool. <laughs> uh, <laughs> we, we, you know, we learned that Sean's grandmother is called Annie. So there it is. Awesome. Um. So yeah, Mrs. Grubman. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a great it just didn't take. it's a great Mrs. Grubman scene too uh, which is like, like I like the expression on Sean's face which is like it just didn't take and he's like didn't take yeah like, just like, it's just so weird <laughs> I love a line when she says like how old do you think I am oh 58 I bet you were surprised to see that it's like yeah yeah I'm not <laughs> I think that's probably the point but um yeah it's uh, what is, was her line saying like about how like oh people get this and that to get pleasure I get I do plastic surgery who are you to stop me, um so there you go and then we obviously get this scene between uh, Julia and Sean doing the surgery, um you know over their college song, and uh, you know this this has to go down in the great pieces of like be it movie or TV shows where we get the great flirtatious scene we've had what in Ghost it was over pottery. Um, you know, in and I can't even think of things off the top of my head, but look, this is the the flirtatious sexual surgery scene. <laughs> I mean, this is, this is, yeah, we've we've had one over pottery. This one's over Mrs. Grubman. Yes. <laughs> Whoever thought surgery was so sexy? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and then basically it turns into the I need you now. Uh, let's finish what we started in there, and uh, Julia just gets a little bit rapey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then starts macking it on with Sean, and Sean's like, what are you doing? I'm married. Uh, and she's all like, I chose the wrong guy. Um, and, you know, Sean, I love my wife. Um, you know, feel sorry for her and all this sort of stuff. And then Julia basically loses it with uh, Sean. What does Sean say? You're a soulless, Julia. This soulless bitch earns $2 million a year. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting. It's kind of like you can see it coming, but, like, I guess I think you're expecting Sean to kind of go along with it. But, uh, you know, Sean has morals in this universe, unlike in the other universe where he is willing to cheat on his wife. But, hey, cool. Well, I think probably we always get the whole thing with Sean that, you know, he is generally, he he is kind of driven by his morals. And when it, when it goes slightly astray, he feels really bad about that, whereas Christian's the opposite. You know, he just doesn't care. Um but, you know, you kind of get that. So even when, when Sean goes off the rails, both in, you know, the kind of real time frame and this one, he feels bad about it. And, you know, so I think it's kind of true to his character. I think, you know, out of all of them, he's the one that's the least changed. He's still still basically the same guy, really. Oh, and Matt, come on. <laughs> oh, of course, yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally how he was in the other world. Yeah, Annie, she's still invisible, so... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, for different reasons, yeah. Uh, then we move in, like, uh, there, yeah, I kind of touched on it before about how I think there's two songs that just play perfectly in this episode and just sell this episode so much for me. And arguably, like, we've talked so much about how songs remind us of a certain sequence in Nip Tuck and there's just these episodes where a song just plays perfectly into a scene and it sticks with you. And this, to me, is one of those scenes we get You're So Vain with Carly Simon just starting and it just kind of leads into Julia. She's sitting there, she's drinking, she's listening to it. In comes Christian. We get this whole, like, dance with me sequence and just, like, it's just... I just love this scene so much and the song just plays so well into it and then obviously we find out that Julia can't have babies, so let's adopt. 
But then at the end of the day, Christian found out that Kim was pregnant and they're going to keep the baby. And I just love, 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 love Jolly Richardson's acting the way she's just like, get rid of it, then get rid of her. Uh, and then basically just the fight that they have kind of, you know, we've talked before about how like Sean and, and they all have like great fight sequences in, in the show, but just the way these two, cause this isn't like a fight, you know, they're going to recover from in this alternate world. This is it. This is, they're done. Uh, cause you know, Christian's basically like, you're free now to pursue Sean. Um, and then she's yelling at him to get out. And just again, it's just a tragedy of Julia that even in this universe, her life is falling to pieces and it's not going to be the same, but, um, it all leads to her walking through another glass uh, window or mirror, whatever it is, and we kind of get this great sequence with um, Ava as well, just kind of explaining. Like, Ava's just such a great narrator for how this is all playing out, and just Famke Jansen, just the way she can play this evil bitch character is just amazing. Put that accent on her, and she's back to being Xenia on the top. Um, but, oh, just, I can't speak higher enough of this scene. It is just so well acted. The music plays so beautifully into it. Uh, the editing between, you know, backwards and forth and sort of Ava and Julia, just so, 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 so good. You can't, you can't tell me you do not love the fuck out of this scene. Yeah, no, it is really good. And I think, you know, this is going back to, you know, my kind of ongoing conflict about whether or not I think Jolie Richardson is a good actor on the show. And I think based on this episode, she's really good. I think I think you're right there is, you know, it's a really good scene. Um, and I think we kind of get back to asshole Christian as well. So I yeah. think it's kind of like the, the normal balance is kind of restored here, which is, I guess the whole point of this is that regardless of the decisions you make, you kind of, you are who you are and, and the same fate kind of awaits you, you know, and just in slightly different ways. Um, so yeah, I think it is really well acted. I, I really enjoy everything I'm getting here. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm almost getting a bit too scared to say it, but I'm not as big of a fan of the Ava in this oh. as, as you are. Um, just because I think it's just overdone. I think, you know, and I don't like—I don't even like the look of her and this. You know, like, oh. with the whole hat, hat with the with the veil thing. I just—it's just not for me. I mean, I, I kind of see where they're going, but I just think it's a bit overdone. I, you know, it's uh, yeah, it, it's fine, but it—it it doesn't jump out as me it, to me as being particularly great. It just makes me want to go to the Melbourne Cup with her as my date. Like, wow, yeah, maybe it's an Aussie thing. Yeah, Nick, Jesus, um, wow. But I then don't... we kind of get the scene. We kind of go into you know, obviously that she's getting surgery now in both both scenes you know oh, well yeah. one of the things i wanted to point out is I, I do love the terrible terrible cgi of the the um window shattering um <laughs> it, it's absolutely terrible I'd i think it's the same i think they've just recycled it from the previous yeah, episode they have. have they yeah they have okay yeah, yeah no, it's yeah it's um it's really good but obviously you know she kind of ava's you know lifting up this veil and then and kisses julia um so i'm sure you're enjoying that uh, uh, just this whole sequence of this like is from one perfect to the next i just love the way this kind of moves into that how we've got you know ava kind of walking around her on the table and like julia's like what are you doing and she's just like you know i'm killing you softly you know just like just the way the back and forth between it just like evil ava the way she's kind of like you know julia's like it's not your decision so like, actually it is you know i'm not your life coach i'm the angel of death um, and just it then plays into, uh, you know, obviously, you're, I'm sure you're, this is a song you might have been referring to, You Can't Always Get What You Want, The Rolling Stones, just plays into it. And just this this kiss, like, I love this kiss, but not just for the reasons you're thinking I love this kiss. For fuck's sake, I love that kiss for those reasons. But I just think it just, it just works so kind of well. It's just like one of these sequences where you do have, like, in these, you know, I mean, I know it's kind of more of a soap opera trope where, like, 
they're dying and like, come towards the light, otherwise, you know, you won't go back to your life, live perfectly, blah, 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 get away from all the pain. And But, I mean, this is the kind of thing that Nip Tucker's always does. It does sort of tread over a soap opera line sometimes with what Ryan Murphy does with it, but not in, I guess, your negative connotations of a soap opera. Not all soap operas are bad, ones that are produced outside of New Zealand. But it's 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 kind of just it's so well done. And just this kiss, it just sets it all up. We get the flatlining in the real world. We get, you know, Julia going up these stairs and the all the, the characters are kind of there, all done up. And is this the one where you're saying, where the fuck is Annie? Because I'm also written down, where's Annie in this sequence? Yeah, yeah, I do I do like this, this whole thing of, like, you know, all these important characters in her life. And um, Annie's not there, so her daughter's <laughs> not there. But Suzanne is there and Kimber is there. Yeah. I'm surprised Jude wasn't there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I, uh, to me, this is the bit where it's a little bit, it's, it's cheesy as well. Of like, uh, And it is like, you, you actually, I hadn't really thought about it, but it is quite soap opera And, you know, you kind of get the whole thing where, um, you know, um, kind of like just her mother is kind of like nodding, you know, like this kind of happy nod. And, you know, and then like the whole thing of like, Ava beckoning her it's just and I'm not ready it's, it's too much for me and this is kind of where I just lose it like it's just we could have just done this in a better way that just wasn't so cheesy I think I look I can definitely the, the music's great I, I will say I used to hate this scene it's kind of back to when I think we talked about the threesome uh, scene a few episodes ago that I used to just hate it but like this to me is just like I've just come around and it's so much and it just it just fits in with it well the music just again perfect perfect choice of music the way it kind of fits into it and like it's just it's kind of I just love the way it transitions into this like floating sequence she's all done up in this dress and just like all these people are all done up like a heaven sequence I will say Dylan Walsh Sean looks fucking weird like go back and watch that sequence where you like cut to Sean like it really looks weird but just like Ava like in that black suit oh my lord be still my beating heart um I licked the screen I swear like just oh just her beckoning like come on that needs to be my wallpaper but um, I love it. I love it. I love it so much. And obviously the way it kind of goes into the beep, like she flatlines <coughs> and we get the body zipping up sequence that you obviously, uh, the, the body bag, I don't zip a body up, um, that we talked about last week. And then obviously in sort of the real world where it's like, oh, she's flatlined. Oh, it must have been a short circuit or something. Um, I don't know. I just love it. I just think it just bookends this episode. It's just such a great, great episode. But uh, yeah, I, well, I think probably what, what kind of makes this a really nice episode is actually this last scene where, you know, she kind of wakes up and, and Sean's there and they kind of have this moment of, you know, it's it, it certainly, you know, you don't get the feeling from it that they're going to get back together, but you get that kind of reconciliation moment. Yeah. And, um, you know, and I think that that's really nice. So, uh, you know, I think it ends on a really nice note, which is, you know, like for all my qualms about this episode, I think it ends really, really nicely. And, you know, it kind of goes back. The more I watch this, the more I'm just kind of amazed by Dylan Walsh that he is just, you know, he's just such a, a good actor because it's never overdone. It's always just right on the nose, you know, right on the money type of thing. You know, it's just always really, really well, you know, kind of acted the whole way through. And I'd kind of forgotten just how good it was, really. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. And it is a good way to close it off. And we get that great line with Julie where she says, like, Sean, it's you. It's always been you. And, I mean, it, it kind of really does close off in many aspects sort of the whole Julia Christian thing. I mean, I don't want to say it closes off completely because without getting too spoilery, it is revisited in the future in a certain way. And I can't really say why or how without spoiling it. But it does come back to a certain extent. But I think kind of for the most part moving forward, 
you can kind of close that off. And I think it's it's done in a way that... Because, I mean, I think it's kind of... The thing that I really like about this episode, what it does, and just kind of how, yeah, it's a bit of a sort of a side episode, a fun episode, and that sort of stuff, and, you know, the good old alternate reality episode. But I also just do think it kind of closes off a bit, because, like, as you just said, like, we get this great scene between Sean and George at the end, and, yeah, okay, it doesn't completely make things reconcile, but we get a civil Sean with Julie. We haven't had that in a while. You know, we kind of get a real sort of tie-off, I think, on this kind of conflict between all of them in terms of just how they've accepted this big news of, you know, Matt obviously not being Sean's son and being Christian's son. Spoiler alert if you didn't already know that. Um, and then, like, yeah, there's still plenty of stuff to come with that storyline, more so, I think, around Christian dealing with Matt being his son and all that sort of stuff, because that's something we really haven't faced yet. But I just think it's important for the character of Julia. I think it kind of sets up a lot of things for her moving forward about her life and also closes off a lot that we've kind of had with her character. And I think that's why this episode is a lot more important than maybe some people think is more just a side episode. I think just for Julia's character, and I definitely feel that you and I have been so glowing about Sean and Christian so much. They are the two stars of this show, but Julia is, you know, equally as important on many levels, particularly in these first four seasons. Um, yeah, I just think it's very, very important for her character and, and moving forward with her. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think probably it, it kind of swings back because I think that that last scene is kind of done really well. The dialogue's really good. You know, it's it's good acting and it kind of, um, you know, it, it isn't overdone, which is my problem with a lot of this. the rest of this episode is that it does feel like it's just overly dramatic, a bit of a, you know, kind of soap opera type thing. Thanks for giving me that, because that was uh, <laughs> that was probably the term I was looking for that had been struggling for, really. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a, it's a good way to end the episode, and I think it probably, um, the important part of it is that it kind of puts a button on the end of the, the kind of three-way dynamic for now between, between them, because now we're going to kind of, we're not going to go directly into the Carver stuff yet, but, you know, we're kind of going to have a couple of episodes coming up that kind of... Uh, not really related to anything, and then we're going to kind of kick on to the, the Carver stuff to finish the season. So, yeah, so I think it's um, it's a good way to kind of finish that, but that everybody's kind of leaving on at least, you know, workable terms. For sure, that is a good way of looking at it, Nick. I, I would say that is a very good way of looking at it. Uh, we're getting into our ratings. Buy it, done. Um, Nick, what are you doing with this episode? I bought this episode a week ago, so... Well, I think I think it would be really good to hear you first, because I think, um, you know, I mean, obviously, I think you've probably said it all, but let, let you go first. I just think that from everything that I've said, I mean, this episode is fun. It has got some great stuff in it that, like, as I said, I'm always a fan of these alternative episodes. When they're done right, you can get some rotters out there that aren't done right. But, and again, one thing that for the most part Nip Tuck does very well is continuity. And I think kind of it's great that they kind of bring a lot of aspects from the past with these cameos that tie in well with kind of how this works. And I just think overall in such a strong Julia episode, we really haven't had up until this point a purely strong Julia-centric episode, and this is definitely it, and not just because it's called Julia McNamara, just it really, really is. I think it's great for her character development, I think it's great to close off so many things, and I just think we get to see these characters in a different light, and I think it does answer a lot of questions from a a fan's perspective who are invested in Nip Tuck at this point that you really often think, I mean, there are plenty of times in any TV show you do think, oh, well, what if this happened? And I think well, this is definitely a burning question when you've got kind of this strong love triangle between these three main characters is what would it have been like if, you know, Sean and Julia weren't together and it was Christian and, and Julia? So I just think it just works so well. I mean, just... 
The Ava stuff is great. You know I'm always going to talk highly of Ava just because it, it, it's so good. And I just think you've got so many possible Hall of Fame scenes in this episode, you know, just the 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 You're So Vain sequence. Just I don't know what it is so much about it. Maybe it's just I'm a fan of that song. I just think it works so well with it. Uh, you know, the, the sequence at the end when she's floating up there with Ava, I just think just... Just that whole lead up and the acting, just, oh, I just can't speak highly enough about this episode. I'm, I don't, probably haven't sold you enough to buy it. I hope I've sold you enough not to bin it because, my God, if you bin this episode, I, I don't know what I'm going to do. But, um, just, I love, this is an episode that I could just be like, oh, I'm bored. I want to watch an episode of a TV show that I love and I could just pick this out of a, you know, a box and just watch it any day of the week. I just, I just love this episode so much. Yeah, well, I think I think you've given it your best crack at trying to convince me. So well done. Um, <laughs> I, for me, I mean, you, you've definitely shifted me away from from the bin. So um, you've, you've achieved that. So it won't be my first bin episode of, of Nip Tuck. So um, we're clear from there. I, I, but for me, I, I don't think I can put it as a buy because I think there's just there's too many things about it. Though I think, like, I do agree with you that it is one that you can kind of just pick up and watch because it isn't. And, and to me, that's kind of the problem is that it isn't connected to anything else. I think they could have, they could have wrapped up the Julia storyline while also advancing a few of the other storylines as well. Um, you know, so I, th- I think it kind of, it, it depends on how you feel about standalone episodes. Um, and, you know, I, I'm not a huge one for them. I kind of like to see everything kind of progressing rather than kind of stopping down, um, you know, not doing anything. And I guess that's probably a problem I'm going to have over um, the next episode as well is that it kind of just feels like a little bit of a standalone um, that doesn't really get us anywhere. Um, so I, I guess it depends on how you like your story to be told. So um, having said that, there is a lot of fun. It's cool to see some of these characters that we'd forgotten about, um, you know, kind of come back and do these little cameos. Um, so yeah, for me, I'll, I'll leave it as a rent. It's probably a higher rent than, than some of the others. Um, but yeah, I, I can't I can't buy just on, on those issues that I've got with it. I'll, I'll I'll lend you some money and you can buy it next week. We'll see how we go. Um, yeah, Not sure that's how it works. No, <laughs> that's like category number 712 on the Oz Network. <laughs> Borrow money from a host <laughs> to, to buy it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there you go, Julia McNamara, uh, done and dusted. Uh, we'll be back next week, of course. We're into the 13th episode. Uh, we're, we've crossed... Uh, we had 13 episodes last season, did we not? So we're... Uh, if we were a season ago, it would be the finale. But no, don't worry. It's not the finale of this uh, season because this great season still got a lot to go. I said to I said to Nick before we started recording this off air, I said that this is at the point of the season I feel that this is just the binge-worthy part of the season. Like, I don't want to stop talking about it. I want to keep watching. You know, I don't want to wait a week to talk about this. So I think this is kind of really that phase for me where I'm just like, got to keep watching, got to keep watching. I'm pressing next on the on the DVD. So, uh, but the next episode, uh, I mean, it's it's... I think you just covered it well in terms of sort of like a sideline in terms of not overly important too much to most of the plot lines this season. It's still an interesting episode. We get our good friend Joey Slotnick back. Dr. Bobolet's back. Yay for Bobolet. Uh, and we get a lot more juicy Ava stuff in the next episode. And Adrian's back with Matt. So uh, there you go. Keep an eye out uh, for that. We <laughs> Is the next episode the scene with the soap dispenser? Am I thinking of that one? Yes, I think it is. Yeah, it, it is. is the one. All right. Okay. Yep. Keep an eye out for the soap dispenser. And I just say that scene often makes me think twice about using soap dispensers in public bathrooms. <laughs> um, after watching that scene, I'm like, oh, do I really need to use soap this time around? 
Um, <laughs> but yeah, as always, uh, subscribe to us, uh, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify. We're available on all those services. Leave us some feedback. Rate us. We'd love to hear some thoughts from you. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. That's how you can interact with Nick, myself, Colin. Noah is technically uh, around, but he gets back soon, so that might work. Um, but yeah, we hope you're enjoying uh, our coverage of Nick Tuck as much as we are enjoying uh, bringing it to you. Uh, but let's close this out. Uh, can I just say, I think we've used all the great one-liners one this episode. That's a bit disappointing. Um, my name is Ben, and I'm also a bitch in every universe I inhabit. <laughs> and I'm Nick, and I'm not in the mood for your withering chef. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.